WRGN Rewind. Say hey, it's a good day. We're back here on Wake Up Right, and I am very excited to welcome back Dr. Kathy Cook. We have talked to her on multiple occasions here on Wake Up Right about some of your different books, Resilient Kids, Start With the Heart, uh, The Smarts That Kids Need to Have. Welcome, Dr. Cook. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to be back with you. Looking forward to our conversation. I appreciate you so much. Uh, First of all, your desire to help us in raising our children. And secondly, your desire to always learn. You have your PhD and you have gone way beyond that, though, because a lot of that kind of knowledge sometimes for some of us seems disconnected from the actual work of parenting. But you, right. you do the actual work of parenting. In fact, I have seen you crowdsource on Facebook. You and I are Facebook friends. We've never met in person, but Facebook friends. Yeah. And I've, I've watched you crowdsource for information from parents on kids. Yeah. Why do you do that? Well, I'm not a parent and I don't want to blow all credibility up front, but I'm, you know, I've, I'm an, I was well going to say that till educated. the end, Kathy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't turn the channel. That's right. But, um, you know, people listen to me. I'm, you know, I'm not even married. I, have been called by God to this, which I think gives me the, gives me the authority I need. Mm. Jesus was not married or a dad and had a lot of wisdom for husbands, wives, and parents. And so I think there's evidence that God equips us in the way that he wants to. And so I'll, I'll talk with you all day long about best practices. I won't tell you to do it the way I did it because I've never done it. And I think that gives parents real freedom to know that I'm teaching them what I think would be best in the best case scenario. And I just, I, I love kids. God mm. honors kids. Jesus Jesus called up a kid when the learned men said, who among us is the greatest? He called up a child. And I'm sure that the men were like mumbling, did he hear the question right? But children matter to Jesus. They should matter to us. And I want to help parents because I don't think it's easy to parent today. It sure isn't easy. So I want to give some help. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, the book that you have just finished is called Parent differently, raise kids with biblical character that changes culture. Parenting is tough, isn't it? It is. It is. So, how do we parent differently than the world does so that Mm. we can raise kids that can have an impact? No, I love that question. It has to be about Jesus, not us. It has to be a gospel centered parenting. We have to want to have a positive reputation because it makes God look good. It can't be about my desire for good character so that I'm noticed and and chosen. It has to be about God and God looking good because of the choices that I make. And when we have that in proper perspective, we're going to be motivated, inspired. We're going to seek the wisdom from God and his people and everything changes. And I also want us to know, and this is the subtitle of the book, that kids can change culture today. Mm. When a kid makes the right choice, when a kid doesn't take the cookie, mommy said, don't take the cookie. Grandma's coming over, leaves them for grandma. And mom leaves the kitchen and that kid does not take a cookie. He changes culture because he doesn't feel guilt and shame when grandma comes over. Mom doesn't have to yell and start you know, another negative conversation. And it changes culture when a kid doesn't gossip, but everybody else does. When a kid is kind to a piano teacher, but didn't need to be, but chose to be, you change the piano teacher's day. She goes home to 
and has a happy family night. So we can change culture with decisions we make. <laughs> and in the and simple kids thing. need to know. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. It's got to start simple, all right? We're not going to be able to be world changers like Mother Teresa if we don't start with the small interactions that we have today. And let's honor those and let's celebrate those. Now, character matters. But initially, we begin to teach our children just the simple obedience. At what point do we begin to make that change from you must obey because daddy or mommy told you to, to you need to make the change because of character? Yeah, that's a fair question. The way you worded that, I would love us to actually start with character. You know, you, so if a child needs to obey, like you need to obey me, that's a choice to submit. That's a choice to be humble. That's a choice to put others first. Oh. It's a choice to sacrifice my will. So if we begin to see that all obedience is rooted in character, then it changes the way you talk about it. I understand you can't say to a three-year-old something you would say to a 10-year-old. Right. So a three-year-old, you will do it because daddy said so. There's a place for that. But here's the thing. If there's no integrity in your life and you don't love that kid and you don't know that kid, when you say do it because I said so, that's not going to work well. They're going to do it out of a rebellious spirit. They're going to do it out of fear or I, I want to be um, rewarded or I want to escape punishment. They're not going to do it for any good reason. So you're setting the stage for a pretty negative perspective about obedience and particularly obedience toward my mom or my dad. Which I guess is the big part of raising kids with a biblical character instead of simple obedience, because character is something that will stick with you for the rest of your life. We're talking to Dr. Kathy Cook about parent differently, raising kids with biblical character that changes culture. We'll be back to take a deep dive, all right, a shallow dive into a deep book called Parent Differently. We're back here on Wake Up Right. We've got special guest, Dr. Kathy Cook, one of my favorite interviews here on WRGN. Just so glad to talk to you about your new book, Parent Differently. The book has some great chapters in there that are very practical because one of the things that I've seen about you, Kathy, is that you are ultimately practical and in some ways Deep and simple at the same time, because you talk about, we talked about character as we were first chatting here, but then you talk about the idea of maturing in character, because the beginning of character is going to be a little different than the end of character, isn't it? Yes, very true. And it's true for us, right? Like you and I are not the same people we were, I would hope, even five years ago, because if we're in the word of God and, and in the presence of God, we should be transformed more and more into the image of Jesus, and we should recognize some changes. And the difference between character that sticks with us as opposed to the obedience that we were talking about earlier is that it becomes a part, a, a fabric of our being. My mom used to say that we're like teacups, that when we're bumped, whatever was yep. in the teacup is what comes out. And I think that's what yeah. you're talking about with character, isn't it? Yeah, it's totally. It's a great, great story to tell. Character does go with us. It's what allows us to be well and do well, even when no one is looking and the burden is heavy. So I'm not going to be obedient to win the prize or to avoid punishment. And I'm willing to do it even if the burden is heavy. So I'm going to stop somebody from bullying a kid, even if I'm the target for the bully later. Mm. I'm not going to tease and be sarcastic, even if everybody else is, because I know that it's cutting and it's not fair to the person, even if I'm teased later for not becoming a one of them in the crowd. So character, a matter of the heart, especially from a Christ and a God-honoring perspective, it's about Jesus and it's about 
biblical character, I will be well and do well when no one's looking, even if the burden is heavy, because it's right and it feels right. And you know what? That's what gives us peace. That's what gives us contentment. That's what that contributes to our joy and our confidence. And we don't have to worry about things. So mature character shows up in three ways, I think, real quick. Consistence. We can ask ourselves, we can think about our children and grandchildren. Let me say first, complete. Is our character complete? So in the book, I have 48 qualities, a baker dozen 13 that are high priority. Of those 13 or of those 48, how many of those am I capable of using? How complete is my character? Second, how consistent do I am I with the character? As an example, am I patient with everyone or only patient with the people I like? Mm. Am I generous only when I have a lot or am I generous even when I have a little? So am I consistent? And that's what you mean by it's a part of the fabric. Like it's, a, it's who I am. It's not what I do. Okay. And then the third one is automatic. How automatically do I use the character quality? So if you're still having to remind your child every once in a while to be kind or other centered or respectful or resilient, that's understandable. But then I would give them a lower score on that area of automaticity. So all three of those are things that we can work on in our own lives and for our kids. Now, our kids are in many ways a reflection of us. And sometimes oh, yeah. we don't like that mirror, do we? Well, I, I, was, I always say that if I was a parent, I'd be a better person because I'd have little ones looking at me and becoming like me. And it would motivate me, I would pray, you know, to become more, again, like Jesus, like I want them to be. So, yeah, I mean, I think actually people are going to read the book. In fact, early readers have told me that they started reading the book as moms and then very quickly they read it as people, as women who also desire to exhibit biblical character. If we want to see that character in our children, we have to be living it out in ourselves because I have three daughters and each one of them have certain reflections of me in them that I see. Some of which, like you said, I like. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad they got that. And then others of which I see and I go, oh, I should have done better. <laughs> oh, I, I love your humility that you're able to see. It's okay to say, oh, yeah, they've caught that part of me. That's great. No, you're passing on family values. You're passing on heritage. Of course, that's totally cool. And when you see something that they picked up from you that you realize, oh, I was a little bit more of that than I wish, mm. then maybe you have a conversation. And, you know, I don't think it's ever too early to start conversations about biblical character, and I don't think it's ever too late. So you sit down as a family, even, you know, at a Thanksgiving or Christmas or holiday or whatever, and say, hey, I've noticed as a family that we've become really critical. Mm. We're, we're really quick to talk first about what's wrong. And it, and it saddens me because it's it's not the way that we ought to be. Optimism is a, is a good quality to have, and I'm not sure we have it lately yeah. toward each other and toward the people around us. So right. could we work on that together? Yeah. My sarcasm, I you know, find it very easy to be sarcastic, and um, it can be fun at times if you're in the right relationship. But, man, it can really show up, I think, sometimes even magnified in our kids, or is that the way the rest of the world is seeing us too? Yeah, probably. Uh, no, sarcasm means um, to tear flesh in mm. Greek. Ooh. I used to be very sarcastic. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it means to tear flesh. Oh. Specifically, the forearm, very tender skin, and the skin is hanging there. And every time you touch it, it hurts. It's not like a paper cut that heals quickly. Right. Sarcasm is, um, a lot of people say it's hostility without responsibility. It is a way that we control it comes from the logic word smart part of the brain and it's not healthy mm. and you can be good at things. That doesn't mean it's good to be those things. Oh, and, and that's what we have to own. And then that we apologize. And we realize that, Hey, 
Because we can say, oh, I, I didn't mean it. But you you thought it, right? And you said it, and they heard it. Yeah. And now they're wondering, yeah, but daddy daddy thought it. So why did he think it? Did he mean it? <laughs> right? Oh, so, yeah, it's it's a mess. I, I, I appreciate your bravery to bring that up. <laughs> now, you spend about half the book with practical strategies for teaching kids character. When we come back, we're going to talk about those practical strategies. The book is called Parent Differently, Raise Kids with Biblical Character that Changes Culture. Dr. Kathy Cook is the author. We're back here on Wake Up Right. We've got special guest Dr. Kathy Cook with us. I'm flattered when you, whenever you agree to talk to me, Kathy, because you go on Focus on the Family, you go on all these big broadcasts, and, and yet you're willing to take the time to talk to us about your latest book called Parent Differently. And in the book, uh, you take, I think, about half of the book, very practical what strategies can we use to teach our children character? In a nutshell, give us just a, just a sampling of some of those things. Yeah, I would love to. I appreciate that. And let me say, thanks for affirming me. I love coming into the smaller communities. The people who live where you broadcast matter to me. And whether they ever listen to me on Folks in the Family or not, I just, the local Christian radio, we've got to support it because mm. you're making differences there with, with the music you provide, the announcements, a biblical worldview take on what's going on in your culture. And so I'm privileged. I'm happy, happy to be here with you. Um, one, of the, one of the things that I, I would say to our listeners is that the word choice is really important. All behavior starts with choice and all choices are rooted in a worldview. So all of the character choices your kids are making are choices. So you say you chose to be careful. I'm so proud of you. Versus you are careful. No one is 24-7, 365 careful. Or, man, you're so impatient. No, not everybody is impatient, like wear it as a, as a cloak, but you are being impatient. And I'm disappointed in your choice. It's always a choice to put yourself first. So you are being is a really powerful phrase. Not you are impatient, but you are being impatient because that implies it was a choice. So we can use both of those words. You chose to be patient with grandma. I'm very proud of you. She wasn't nervous walking down the hall. Thank you for your choice. <laughs> mm. Now, that's the negative side of choices. How about the positive side of choices? Can we use that same language? In other words, would we say you are a good child or can we say mm -hmm. you are good when you? Yeah, I would say you are good when you something. And, and I would say and the reason I have the appendix of 48 is, you know, good. And I know why you use good. There's nothing wrong with the word good. It means I've judged and I'm happy, but it's hard to repeat. What did daddy like that I was doing? But instead to say, you know, you were generous, you were outgoing, you were confident. I saw joy in the way that you related to your grandfather. And I love that about you. Mm. You chose to be joyful, even though I know you've had a long day. So use specific language is one of the strategies. Use the word choice, and you can use it for good and bad. I'm proud of you for choosing to be patient with grandma so she wasn't nervous when you walked down the hall with her. And you can also say you chose to be prideful. I saw that you talked about yourself, and when your friends stopped talking, you went right to your own story rather than saying, tell me more. Mm. So, Samantha, that's evidence of pride and one-upsmanship and self-centeredness and selfishness, and that's not how we're raising you. 
So well, well, let's have a conversation about how you could have handled that better. Yeah. Now, you start the book with an example of travel, and travel sometimes can bring out the best and the worst in and us. And the worst. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I, I did a missions trip to the Philippines, and while we were over there, we had to get up at O Dark 30 to make our flight back. And I told the teens that were there with us and the adults, Kathy, <laughs> look, grumpiness mm. is a choice because I knew that some of them were going to be grumpy when they got up in the morning. And I said, we need to choose to not be grumpy, to, to show God's love to others. And you had a similar experience, didn't you? I did. I, I love your story. So I was in line very early, about 530 in the morning to catch a flight. It was uh, a third or fourth flight on a 12-day itinerary. So I checked a bag, which I don't like to do. They had misplaced or lost the bag. So I'm in line hoping the bag will be there. It's, it's way too early. I'm not a morning person. Way too many people in line. There had been a flight canceled. So it was very chaotic. Everyone around me was complaining and stomping their feet and muttering under their breath and looking at their watch and looking up and, you know, being really discouraging to everyone. And I, and I wasn't that. And I, and I don't say that pridefully. I just try really hard to be a believer in those situations. I got up to the counter. They had my suitcase. I didn't say, why didn't you bring it to the bed and breakfast? I said, thank you. I thanked them for checking me in. I got into my plane, sat in the seat and wondered what in the heck just happened. Because everybody else around me was complaining and bitter and angry and nervous. And, and the old me would have said, I'm very disappointed I didn't get my bag when I wanted it yesterday. And that would have been okay to say in the right tone of voice. But I realized that I was patient, not just because I'm patient. I was patient because I have compassion. Mm. That's one of the top Baker's 13. So to have compassion, I was able to be patient because I'm other-centered. It's not about me. I try really hard to pay attention to people in the room. And I was also able to be patient because I'm flexible. Flexibility is one of the top 48 qualities where I, I don't have to have it my way and I, and I hold plans loosely because I know that I don't control anything. So I realized that patience was a result of these other character qualities. So I think the point that I make in the book is that when we're trying to teach character, not trying, when we are teaching character to our children or we want to develop our own character, let's look at how many other qualities we could talk about at the same time. Mm -hmm. The, both the negatives and the positive. I think jealousy, I think in the home, if you have more than one kid, jealousy is almost always going to be an issue in sibling rivalry. Right. So when you see kids picking at each other and kids not playing fair and things like that, ask yourself, why would they be jealous right now? And see if that's another strategy I teach. See if you can figure out the why behind the what. what why are they doing what they're doing? What have you done that has created to their belief that would cause their behavior? And yeah, we talk about that. Makes oh, sense? I love it. And that's what I said. You are ultimately practical in what you do yeah. in your books. Parent Differently is the name of the book. Dr. Kathy Cook, the author, raise kids with biblical character that changes culture. Kathy, thank you so much for being with us this morning. It was a true joy. Thank you. Wake Up Right, weekday mornings from 6 to 9 on WRGN, your good news network. Say hey, it's a good day.